what's up waifus and weeboos and <laughs> other anime people and everyone in the podcast landscape. Welcome. Weeaboos. We chats. <laughs> you we can don't tell care. I haven't seen a lot of anime in my life. I anime. can tell just from what you said there. <laughs> yep. But I believe that mines, like parachutes, work best open. And so I was excited to watch Spirited Away. Me too. For my second time, actually. I watched it once in 2015. Oh. I watched it again. And I was hoping, well, no spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is one of the biggest hits to ever come out of Japan, not animated or not. Uh, it's the biggest hit in Japan. It made over $200 million before it even hit American shores. Right. Is it it, which is the first film to ever do that. Is it, it still the highest... In Japan, yes. ...grossing animated film in Japan? And yep. this, the record standing... Oh, God. The thing that it beat was Titanic. It, it overtook <laughs> Titanic for Oh, that. it's the highest grossing film? In Japan. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with over 200 mil just in Japan. And in 20, 2016, it was voted the... <laughs> in Japan. <laughs> it's huge in Japan. In 2016... <laughs> It was voted the fourth best film of the 21st goddamn century. By Which who? As best? picked by 177 film critics from around the world, making it the highest ranking animated movie on that list. Fourth oh, best. Man. Number four. I like animated films. We had a poll on Twitter and people were like, yep, you guys should make a podcast about it. So here we are. Here we are. You win. I'm having a rough time right now, guys. Okay, well, let's start with David. <laughs> David, give this movie a rating out of 10 using your personal system. I give it uh, six angry anime eyes out of six. Really? No, I out give of it, six. <laughs> I give it 9.2. Oh. Uh, this is a lasting icon of animation that remains at the peak of what hand-drawn cinema has ever achieved. 9.2 angry anime eyes. Okay. Uh, no, you're next, James. No, no, I'm last. I'm Why? always last. Are you? Because I rule the show uh, and I get to be cool. Um... <laughs> So I need to preface this with the fact that like I looked up I've after after I saw the movie I kind of looked up a bunch of stuff and I like realized how highly rated this thing is and I knew that it was like a big you know it was a big deal going in but I got to tell you I was uh, this was decidedly bleh for me I gave it a 6 out of 10 I thought that's why when you said 6.2 <laughs> I was like really Uh-oh. I give it a 6 out of 10. I It didn't do it for me, obviously, but we'll get into why. My slogan is, I wish I was Japanese so I could understand this movie. I'm going to be the hater this episode, I guess. Somebody maybe, has to be. Maybe you're not alone. Let's find out. Oh, boy. Well, I mean, a billion people can't be wrong. <laughs> I'm, Except... Except I guess I'm on the wrong side hey, of history because this movie sucks. There he is. <laughs> there he oh, is. Oh gosh, I, I didn't bring my didn't like, boxing gloves. Like I need my fighting hands. We have, man, uh, there's so much to talk about here. Because, okay, because I understand why people love it. You know, I understand the words you're trying to say. <laughs> I'm with you though. I can see it's yeah, a yeah, good. Yeah. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's just not a good movie. I can understand how like uptight artiste. Film critics, you know, watch this and they're like, oh, it's a masterpiece. But that's not the people that I we're know. talking about. What? Yes, it is. It's not, though. Because it's highest. It's the it's highest grossing, though. It's the no, sales. No, no, no. It's the fourth highest rated among film critics. Yeah, but it's also, like, all the records for sales. It's both. Like, yeah, it, people it, went to yeah, see it again both. and again. It's both. It's both. Not in North but America. But we're dumb. No, we're not weebs. We're not? <laughs> Wait, are we? I've been called a, a dweeb my whole life. Okay, I do have more than 10 waifu pillows, but <laughs> body pillows. Is that legal? <laughs> it's very Utah. I think you get on a list once you're past seven. It's very Utah of you. Um, 
Did yeah. anyone make a slogan? I didn't make a slogan. I made a slogan. You didn't make I, a, I made a slogan. I already said it. Yeah, I said it. Oh, too. oh well, dang it. Why don't we start with things that you did like? About Wait, the movie. we can't do oh, that. Gosh. We can do that after we read the synopsis. Oh, you know, I forgot we had that. We do, and hey, <laughs> what happens in this movie, James? Well, 2001: Spirited Away is a story of a 10-year-old girl named Chihiro whose family takes a wrong turn on the way to their new house. They stumble upon an abandoned theme park which traps their spirits inside somehow, with the girl's parents turned into pigs and Chihiro left to fend for herself. Kind of. She's helped by a young man who turns out to be a dragon <laughs> later on named Haku. Who Spoilers. Te- who tells her to get a job at the bathhouse, which is owned by a witch named Yubaba, lest her spirit be trapped forever. Uh, Chihiro makes her way to the penthouse of the bathhouse where she compels the witch to give her a job, which Yubaba apparently can't refuse due to some oath. But Yubaba also takes the opportunity to change Chihiro's name to Sen, because apparently if you forget your real name, your spirit is trapped forever, which is what happened to Haku. Or Haku. How do you pronounce that? Tragic. Haku. Haku. Yeah. Okay. The little girl, Sen, now called Sen, proceeds to use the power of kindness to break various spells and get everyone to like her, including Yubaba's giant baby, who is ultimately used as leverage to negotiate the release of Sen and her parents. In the end, the family returns to their car to find it covered in leaves, which is V-confusing, as the parents <laughs> don't remember anything, while Chihiro has grown into a strong, independent girl ready to take on the world, depending on which version of the movie you watch. Oh. Because that ending is actually slightly different, whether you're watching the Japanese dub or the Japanese version with subtitles or the dubbed Disney version. I didn't know that. But first, a message from our sponsor. Carpool Critics is supported by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision engineers tools for your family jewels, including the greatest goddamn ball hair trimmer on the planet Earth, wow. the Lawnmower 3.0. Mm. Riley, I love your balls. You asked me every time. But they could be better <laughs> if they were groomed with something that had ceramic blade, 7,000 RPM quiet stroke motor, and even an LED light so you can see what you're doing. I really want to use that on my balls. Please get one of these. You get 20% off and free shipping with the code CARPOOL at manscaped.com. Yeah? Yes, We're also okay. brought to you by Private Internet Access. PIA helps you hide your true IP address so you can bypass geo restrictions and censorship. You can connect up to five devices at once, and it includes an internet kill switch. Give me the sound effect. That's new this week. Yeah. Uh, if your VPN gets disconnected involuntarily, PIA is available for Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, and even as a Chrome extension. So check it out at lmg.gg slash carculpia. What? Car- Carpool PIA. Okay. <laughs> you said Carpool PIA. Carpool PIA. Ooh, I want to be called that. Okay, car-cool here's the thing. Welcome to the land of Carpool PIA. Here's We're the thing, full, David. It's full of kami. There's a thing called... That's the name ka- for the spirits. There's uh. a thi- There's a uh, concept in Japanese Shinto culture called kami kakushi. You Love know those this? guys. Have you heard of this? They're delicious. So what that is, is like you, a person, it is believed can go and have an experience or journey in the spirit realm uh, that they learn from subconsciously. And when they wake up, they don't really remember it, um, but it affected their subconscious. And it's then up to that person to move forward in their life, either either uh, integrating the the things that they learned from that experience or just uh, disregarding them. You, could, you said this was called a kamikushi? Kamikakushi. Kamikakushi. Yeah. Right, so, because the spirits are called kami. Yeah, sure. K-A-M-I. So in the original version of the movie, this whole movie is a kamikakushi for her, right? Um, And then so she gets in the car at the end of the movie, and there's no indication uh, that she remembers it. 
really. She is wearing a hair tie that she was given in that world, but she kind of just continues to look out the window and has kind of the same blase attitude she has at the beginning of the movie. And that kind of implies this whole cultural artifact here. Like she had this journey, but we don't know if she's, if it's strong enough in her subconscious to be integrated into how she lives her life going forward. And that's just open-ended and Japanese culture understands that. And it's kind of a cool question mark at the end of the movie. But in the American version of the movie, they kind of put a lid on it and, and she says to her father, like, yeah, I'm ready to face the world. My character arc is closed. Like I was, right. I was weak at the beginning and then I did all these things and now I'm an independent Right, person who can take so westerners stuff on. westerners wouldn't necessarily understand that at the end of this journey she might not like there's a chance she won't remember it whereas it's a familiar concept in Japan. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I feel like westerners without that context they're just like what it was a dream that's stupid what a waste of time. Well, I I think it would be I would be asking myself was it a dream or did it actually happen? Especially with like, that hair tie being present. Well, and the the grass is all their cars like overgrown. Yeah, time has passed clearly. Yeah. yeah. A lot of time because like the the road was clear before. Now it's like grass has grown there. I thought it was only like a couple days, but like that would have been months. Yeah, that's kind of weird. How much time was it? Maybe it was magic grass goes fast. True. I didn't think about magic grass. There's always a possibility that magic grass is involved. (laughs) (laughs) See, it's a better time that way. So I think it's important to talk about, yeah, the dub, the English dub versus the Japanese Mm. with the English subs. I think that both versions are are pretty valid. The English dub is a high budget, fully well translated version. They do take creative choices where they, in the Japanese version, there's a lot more thematic that's kind of explored. And in this, they kind of just laser focus into this one idea of it's a movie about her growing up. It's a coming of age story. Whereas in the Japanese subbed version, uh, it's a little bit more about other things like not looking back. And it, it's all revolving did, around that same theme, but oh, it, it does a better job it? of being a little bit well, more complex. I was just going to say, did you guys watch the, what what version did you watch? I have in the past always watched the English voice dub. Really? This time I watched the Japanese um, and it didn't feel hugely different. It's definitely less distracting having voices I don't recognize than the voice of like Max from Goof Troop and Meg from Hercules come out of those mouths. Were, uh, were those people in the Spirited Away dub? Yeah. Oh wow. And so I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I oh. didn't know that either. I was like, <laughs> I was looking at you weird. Like, how is it less distracting to have to read subtitles of a foreign language? I find it's just it's in the same way that Star Wars the first one works because like those are people you only know from Star Wars. Uh, this is like, these are voices that I only can associate with this. So I don't right. have to bring in this extra baggage of goof troop and Hercules. Mm. I watched it with the, uh, the, the, not the dub, the original version with subtitles, because I feel like that's the only real way that I've watched any anime. That's like the consensus is people usually recommend yeah. anime generally that way. Because I mean, me being a voice actor, I know that like there's a lot of people that do a really good job doing these English dubs, right? And I've done dubs for anime and it's it's not easy. You have to kind of like time it properly. But I think that a lot of the time what that uh, ends up with is kind of like weirdly paced speaking. Like somebody like changing the way that they speak in order to match up properly with the animation and then it sounds a bit awkward. And I know so that I feel like it takes they away did. a lot. They did do a lot of effort to make the words match up with the movement of the characters' mouths. That's what we were talking it's about. It's not right? even. It's not even the with the movement of the mouth. They did for well, this movie. They did. Okay, so, so sometimes when like people are making very specific shapes with their mouth, if you're saying like, "No, you did it," like, and they're like, "There's something like that." You wanna you wanna match it up in that way. But most of the time, if someone's just like talking normally, 
in anime, the, the mouth's just kind of opening and closing and there's not really a ton of actual shapes being done there. So then you just have to really worry about the timing. But anyways, the point being that I, I like hearing the original inflection and the original acting from the Japanese actors. Uh, maybe because I'm more attuned to that kind of thing, but I don't know. I'm with you there in general, but here's two good reasons to listen to the English dub. Here's three. Number one, uh, that's what I had available to me. Uh, number, <laughs> number two, uh, the director, writer, what's the guy's name? Uh, Miyazaki? He, uh, yeah. Hayao, Hayao Magazine, whatever. He actually uh, recommends doing it in your own native language, whatever's easier, so that you actually can just focus on the visuals, right. which the movie is so highly esteemed for. They're awesome, right? Yeah. And reason number three, it's not a regular, like, a crappy cheap dub. They Disney dubbed it. They spent a lot of time doing it. They're using good voice actors. and Disney dubbed it? Yeah. Because yeah. Disney that- bought the Pixar. They do to work there. Lasseter. Lasseter? Yeah. He uh, loved it and got the rights to, for Disney to distribute it. See, I hear that, but then like, so I watched the, I watched it with the subtitles, and then I saw clips. I, I saw, I watched some video essays for this because I was like, "What am I missing? <laughs> Why is this such a popular movie?" And uh, I, they played clips from the English dub in that, and I just, I was like, oh, I was unimpressed. So I was nonplussed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it can okay. be a little weird, especially that Lynn character, the the maid that it kind of helps her out. The oh, other that's clean Meg person. from Hercules. Yeah, her voice is kind of like, whoa, it really stands out. There's an American in this bathhouse. Yeah. There's okay. other things they do in the English dub where they'll narrate kind of uh, locations because we wouldn't recognize them in the West where like there's a shot of a bathhouse and in the Japanese version, it's just a shot of a bathhouse. But in the, the Western version, it's like, oh, it's a bathhouse. Mm. Yeah, so. because otherwise you're like, hey, a building. <laughs> Looks Japanese. Okay, okay no so let's let's get into why we think this movie is so beloved. And I'm going to put the burden of proof on you, David. Yeah, David, you're on trial. Because you're the lover here. Okay, sure. Uh, I think you can start with the animation. I think it's a stellar use of the medium. It's one of the most beautiful hand-drawn movies. Uh, it covers a, a huge variety of looks, uh, of feelings. But it's just like the way everything moves, the detail, like the way that like when she's barefoot, her feet are dirty as she's running. There's just so much in this that feels kinetic and energetic. Yeah. And like there's beautiful scenes like the, the it's just so masterfully painted and drawn. I heard that they put in like more frames than most other hand drawn things did. And oh, even yeah. for like background characters, none of them are duplicated. Mm. They're all actual individual characters. They all even if they're in the background and not in focus, they're all moving. And apparently that... um boiler room dude yep he's like harder to animate than the genie from aladdin with all his arms and like his mustache alone (laughs) crazy amount of detail they individually animated every single hair in his mustache one day someone will do (laughs) that for you riley (laughs) (laughs) did you guys find yeah i gotta say does he look like robotnik to you guys yeah Yeah, he's a bald guy with a big mustache and little glasses glasses. um i can't deny the imagery is is fantastic. I think the the only reason that I feel like I might give it a seven throughout the course of this conversation. I, I feel it happening. It's not happened yet, but I I'm it's a premonition. Um yeah, everything that I like about this movie obviously is uh I think related to the beauty there. Uh, the, the the landscape the that score. she's crossing. The the train scene as they're like crossing over the ocean or whatever and just like it's a beautiful scene. I hope I just wish it made any sense. <laughs> okay, so I I want what to What else is nice? 
I think a big thing that I missed on the first times I watched it, and I had to actually research this. It's, this movie is not self-evident in its themes necessarily, but once you kind of like tune into what it's trying to go for, it's actually very strong thematically. Mm. Uh, it's it is a movie about growing up. Uh, like she's literally uh, leaving her home and entering the workplace. Yeah. Uh, and this is a movie about like what it's like to work. And she's moving up the chain. Uh, she works in the boiler room, the bathhouse, and then she like leaves. To serve her friend. But it's more than entering the workforce. It's a movie about purpose. Everything in this movie either has purpose, doesn't have purpose, or it has the wrong purpose. And that this that's what I think is kind of the main theme of this movie is, is you need to find your purpose in order to find the balance in your life. And that's a very uh, Shinto principle is you need to have like pure, clean uh, thoughts according to your principle. Uh, and so like you, it's it's very evident in scenes with like the water spirit or the river spirit when the river spirit comes in He's just a big the, the stink guy. Yeah, you think he's presented as a stink a stink spirit a stink monster stink, stink spirit stink yeah. spirit and he comes in and everyone's afraid of him And it's a great scene. Everyone's like no yeah. don't come we're closed. We're oh, closed. I love that scene And then he goes into the bath and he's getting cleaned and, and he he's not getting cleaned He's just making the water dirty and it's yeah. gross and it's I love the way it's animated It's like a very effectively gross for a hand-drawn thing, but then Chihiro, who's now called Sen because she's lost her identity, but I'll come back to that later, pulls out this thing in him. And in the same way that like he's kind of lost his purpose by becoming dirty, by becoming like unpure, mm. when she pulls that out, he's able to kind of refine that spirit, become the mask that represents old man wisdom, and then turn into a dragon and fly off. So it's all very like Shinto imagery. Oh, yeah. And it, it's... You do need to understand the context of it. And as a Western audience, we, we do miss a lot of that. Yeah, one sure. of the things I struggled with was... Am I, is what I'm seeing, like, frankly, befuddling, because I just am not familiar with, like, the cultural imaginary yeah. of Japan, or is it partly that, and then partly some of the symbolism is, like, folkloric that most Japanese people don't even know? Because I, I, I've watched some video essays, that, like, this guy's just showing me, like, these cartoons are based on this. Yeah. Yubaba yeah. is based on this kind of witch. But even the things that are based on, they were abstractions of those things. They weren't exact replicas right. of those things in most cases. So I wonder how subtle it is to a Japanese audience or if it's just like obvious. Well, I think that, you know, like we're maybe more familiar with like Norse mythology or whatever. And if we see somebody who's like, you know, his name's Thor or his name's some variation of that and he has lightning powers or whatever, we're like, oh, okay, we recognize that character. Or even just like, oh, they're eating greedily and they turn into pigs. Pigs, greed. Yeah, we, yeah. Pigs and greed, we know that. Yeah, well, and that, I, I, I mean, oh. I picked up on that one, obviously. <laughs> but I think, I'm, I think that's definitely the reason why. Uh, when the credits rolled, <laughs> I think I said, I said out loud, I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Wait, you were awake? When the credits, <laughs> I'm yep. serious, man. I put this movie on on Saturday night. Twenty minutes in, I was lights out. Huh. I think I tried I, to get on Sunday. I was in and out by like the hour and a half mark. I think I might maybe would have slept if I wasn't like hoping so hard that there would be some sort of sense made, but the, and 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 there wasn't really. Now I don't want to bash the movie for its like lack of themes or depth or whatever. Obviously. After I saw the movie, I looked all this stuff up and I'm like, oh, okay, these are the kami, you know, this is based on the Shinto religion. Like, there's all sorts of um, inherent meaning there for Japanese uh, viewers to like latch onto. So I think it made a way more sense for Japanese viewers. But I think I just like, and then there was a whole, <clears throat> there's a whole bit, and we'll get into this about, about the, uh, the influence of Western. 
industrialism on uh, uh, the Japanese yeah, the that country. Yeah, cool. They were kind of like, they, they felt like they were being oppressed a bit by like these Western values that were being imposed on them. And so the, the movie is sort of an ode to... Uh, you know, bringing it back to our roots, like in Japanese traditional uh, traditions. I think I saw the same video essay where, yeah, they were arguing that there was a change made post-World War II, and the movie was arguing that you need to find a balance. You need to hear the voices of your ancestors, but also in, like move on with the modern right. world and kind of balance that out, which I think is a very Shinto thing to do to find balance, right? But what I'm trying to get to the bottom of is like, are we dumb? <laughs> or... Has everyone else seen this movie a bazillion times? Or is it bad for this to be your first anime movie to watch and you should start somewhere else so that you're kind of more literate when you see it? I think it's a combo of all of those things. You can't separate. We are dumb. We are dumb. And you can't separate. But you're not dumb because I'm, no, you I'm, like it. So I don't think. I, wait. I, I, don't, I want to clarify. You're not dumb if you don't like this movie. And if you're wait. not dumb if you don't have the cultural <laughs> Double context. Double negative. <laughs> you're, you are not dumb. You are not. He dumb. said you're you not are, dumb if you don't like this movie. Yeah, it's okay to not like this movie, <laughs> and it's okay to feel like you're not fully grasping the things. I'm gonna be honest. The first time I saw it, I was like 10 or 11. I'm sure I did not understand 90 percent of this. But movie. this is what's perplexing to me with the the box office that it has, and the fact that the main character is 10, and the director writer of this movie said like he's he wanted kid 10 year old girls to be able to see themselves in the movies and it wasn't like a, a disney romance. princess yeah. romantic thing so it's four kids how smart are these kids wait 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 wait, wait what's going on but, but i was just gonna say that the the you can make an argument that uh the fact that the plot doesn't really make a ton of sense kids don't care about that it's irrelevant to them. they will yeah they'll, they'll they'll enjoy it the same way that they'll enjoy Doolittle. but it's boring what I no, don't, it's I don't not agree. boring. I think more, moment to moment, there's really cool things that it's are not, happening. Yeah, like it's, I don't, in the boiler room, there's these really cute suits, and they're doing this thing, and she does she does like a favor for them, and then they're like, oh, she can yeah. lift all the rocks for us. And then like, there's a dragon in the next second, yeah. and then there's a monster that turns into a, a spirit into another dragon. Like it's Just really the, cool moment to moment. The imagery and the and the crazy characters, the wacky cast of characters in this movie. I think that like kids, I can totally understand how kids would enjoy it. The thing that bothered me about it was the fact that it lacked. Uh, a, a cause and effect kind of structure and uh, any sort of like like um Chihiro starts out being kind of like a spoiled I mean not not they don't seem especially rich although he does have an Audi she seems kind of like a spoiled uh, whiny kid who's just kind of like eh, I want my way and I'm upset about it and then by the end of the movie she's kind of like gone on this journey and become this person who's like hey I'm going to help people if they need help. And I understand that people have emotions and they might not be acting rationally all the time. And I'm going to be this uh, grown-up person. But we don't see why or how that happens. I know that the, her her being forced to kind of work in the bathhouse is, is supposed to have kind of brought her on that journey. But she ba basically immediately switches from being this spoiled little kid to being this hardworking, kind, understanding girl, and we're like, where did that happen? What that, taught not, her to do that? It's not completely immediate, actually. There's like, I know it's not immediate. It takes a while to happen, but nothing actually like triggers the change in her. Okay, it just kind of happens. I don't know. I feel like there's lots of little things that are happening. Who teaches her to be kind and understanding? It's she it's, leaves the door open for no face. For wait, who, who taught her well, to be nice there? Well, she thinks that he's a customer, so that's her ignorance. Just. Her naivety. Okay, so that's not kindness, that. right? All right, fair enough. But like, so, so <laughs> even there, where, where does it happen? 
What causes it to happen? I guess the, the first pivotal moment is when she cleans the stink monster, right? That's a huge moment, but I think even before that, so she goes to see uh, Kajami in the basement, and when she's going to see him, she's hiding behind the thing, and she's like kind of too shy to even ask, like, uh, excuse me, excuse me. But, even, by the but even earlier than that, she's has to go down these big steps to get there, and she doesn't want to. She's very timid, and it's a force of nature that, that compels her into that chaos. One of the stairs mm. breaks, and she falls down the stairs, and then yeah. she's just out the door. And even earlier than that, when they're walking through the tunnel to the... Uh, theme park in the beginning there's wind behind her blowing her in so it's kind of just i think that means like the world is gonna happen so you better be ready for it because mm. you can't control the environment around you right and then you can see uh when she goes to ask for the job from yubaba she's already getting more forceful she's like yells at her no i need a job I, and she's understanding the gravitas of the situation she's in she's seen herself kind of fading she's like i already had these interactions and she's getting stronger emotionally stronger and that's like a new milestone for her she's like no give me the job i'm not leaving until i have this job and so already she's starting to grow and she has the next encounter which is the stink monster yeah she only she only was insisted in that scene because haku was like don't stop asking yeah but she could have also just been like "Eh." he wasn't there to be like you got to do it and your baba's really intimidating too i guess this makes a little more sense uh when you think about uh, this is not me coming up with this. I saw this somewhere that like in Japanese culture, there's a lot of respect for you have respect for your elders. You don't really like you're not going to fight back. You're not going to talk back. So I think that in a in a situation where she's being told, look, this is the only way for you to survive. You have to work at this bathhouse. And then once she's in the bathhouse, she's like, I better not lose this job or else I'm going to die. So she's literally just like doing her absolute best to not get in trouble. And I think, I guess that explains some of the, like the the quote unquote kindness, but then it's like, it kind of cheapens it for me because she's not actually being kind then, she's just trying to not well, die. I think, I think kind of thematically going back to the theme being finding your purpose, she's got these kind of two jobs, but those aren't her purpose. They're just like tools along the way for her to find her purpose, which is to help her friend get better. And that's like when she actually finds balance, when she actually kind of completes her arc is... When she's on the quest to now help Haku, not just survive in this world. Not just save her parents, but help her friend. And so I think this movie is about the journey of like working through employment and not realizing that like your purpose isn't your employment. It's something outside of that. It's like bigger than that. Uh, And that you have to find like something that gives you joy, that gives you like actual deep satisfaction. Mm. Uh, And I think that's kind of the part of the point of the movie is that. Mm. We're going back to your like your point how it was cheapened because she's just trying to survive and it's not true kindness then i don't think that holds with the stink monster thing because they were trying to get him to not come into the bathhouse at all yeah she went contrary to that and and cleaned him up well she was forced to but she she had no choice she got closer than anyone else would and would be able to like was able to see the bicycle which is uh, based on a true story in miyazaki's life yeah oh yeah yeah he had to clean a river as a child and they pulled like 11 people bound together and Oh, really? Pulled a bike out or something. Another one of my problems is not necessarily the kindness, but also her, like, her focus and her dedication to what she's doing. I don't really know where that comes from. Like, when No-Face offers her a bunch of gold, and she says, oh, I don't need it. Like, she's she's a little kid who was kind of spoiled and, like, whiny. Who, why would she not take the gold? Well, it's not going to help her. Well, how does she know that? Yeah, true. It's gold. It's money. I think, though, that, like... Within the context of the movie, she's like kind of starting to realize what's important and what's not, and like she's uncomfortable around that presence. Like he's like a un- like no one's comfortable around the No Face guy, and so I don't know. I would I wouldn't want to accept anything from him. What's the deal with No Face? Yeah, but you're a, you're an adult. 
Well, Riley, maybe they wanted to, um, like, they take the opportunity. You have to make a choice. It's like, do we want this character to act realistic and in character, or do you want this whole story to be a parable and her yeah, and, and her totally, like denying the gold is is more important for yeah. the message that we're trying to put in the movie? A kid seeing that would be like, oh, I learned now how to not value money over everything else, and when, I totally understand that. At that point, do you know that it's fake, or is it? Do you still think it's real gold? It was fake. Yeah, it's not. Oh, it was gold. fake gold. Yeah. When was that? What did happen again? It turns. No into- face can just like make illusions, I guess. But you just asked where where No Face came from. Yeah, what's the deal with that guy? He man? he's an original creation. Brilliant. He I think he's like sort of based on a couple different types of kami, or yokai. Also, another name for like spirits or gods in the Shinto religion. Like yokai is like a human ghost. I think. Is it? I'm not. Or no, it's I like think- human becoming something. Maybe. It's okay. It's also um, a drone in Rainbow Six. So, And Yokai Watch is a Nintendo game. Hey. That's basically Pokemon. <laughs> um, but yeah, no face. I, he kind of made that up. So I don't think there's like a lot of. Well, I mean, I like, think- it has such cultural revel- relevance, though. You see people with tattoos of no face and stuff like that. I almost got a tattoo of no face. Why? Why do people love him so much? What does he mean? What like, is- I don't <laughs> get it. Okay. So I think yes. it's more than just this movie. Here's just go. one of the simplest symbols of Studio Ghibli. Like, He's very easily drawn. He's very iconic. You see him, and it's like you can trust a tattoo artist to get that on your body pretty effectively. If you're like, put Princess Mononoke on my body, it's like, uh, are you good enough to do that? I don't know. So I was talking to a friend who has him, and I was like, what does this character mean to you? And she's like, ah, he's like human psychology. Like, he just, he does whatever he's going on in the scene around him. And And then someone else just like overheard and popped in and was just... Another person who just loves this damn movie. <laughs> yeah. But I, okay, so I think part of his arc is his lack of purpose. When he's kind of just like meandering and like wants the things that are next to him and wants that, it's he's without purpose and he gets the ability to get more and he's never satisfied with that. So like I love that scene when he goes from being kind of like soft-spoken weirdo to uh, gluttonous monster and it's, yeah. he's growing and he's eating people and he's doing that and he's just mm-hmm. unstoppable. But by the end of the movie, he's found his purpose uh, is to make silk. And that's when he kind of is like, he's well, finding peace, but he's still kind of soft-spoken. And then that's kind of the first time you it sort of looks like he's smiling is when he's making the silk at well, the I end. Don't, and he stays there. Yeah. He goes, I don't necessarily... That's, that's Baba's twin sister. He's at her place spinning silk. And isn't he based on like a silk... He's silkworm, yeah. Silkworm, yeah, okay. Sort of. Oh, okay. Where they, they can't stop eating, they can't stop growing. That's kind of the idea, but it's, it is an amalgamation of I right. think ideas. the pattern on his face is similar to a silkworm as well. Yeah, it's, it's a pattern similar, and then his mouth is below what looks like the face, so that's like a silkworm. I saw some wacky theories, and I don't know what you guys think of these, uh, that the movie is actually about prostitution. I can oh. kind of get that. Sometimes I watch it and I get that weird, gross undertone that like these bathhouses are like sex houses or are metaphors for it. I watched a pretty not convincing YouTube video about it, but I guess the the premises are thus: um, bathhouses used to be used for that. Uh, it takes place in like the red light district, which is used for that. She her name is changed to Sen. I guess prostitutes often their names were changed. And mm. yeah, there's definitely oh, and and Yobaba as well. Like I think that's also a word for. It's the same word they use for like the mistress of a brothel, like right. that title. Uh, there's definitely an element of like human trafficking there, where she kind of like has to sign away her name in a contract and stuff. Yeah. And, yes, like, which is I, I love that idea that like when you forget your name, you've kind of lost your identity, and I think right. that's part of the like keeping your purpose is keeping your identity, and it's right. finding that balance. Remember uh, and, who and you are. I think it harkens really... back to the, like the Japanese tradition thing too. Totally. Remember who we yeah, are. I think it's just a brilliant, uh, simple way of like demonstrating that like she's. Chihiro, 
but is now Sen, and if she forgets, she's lost. There's right. something, too, with the spelling of her name. Like, I think if you literally take the symbols and, and spell them out, it says something like a thousand questions, and when she's reduced to Sen, that symbol just means 1,000. There's no questions anymore. Right. It's just like you're where you're, Baba Yaga, or I mean, you Baba sees her as a number, a numerical value. Yeah, that's and all that's she all you are now. <laughs> See, okay, so I hope that for the listeners who love this movie, we've gotten like enough into the depth of it, and there's more to talk about. But I think that, like, I understand that there is depth to this movie. So you're trying it, to demonstrate that you're not dumb. No, yes, we're not please, dumb. Please, please, please what? don't hate me for being dumb. <laughs> but I think that, like, as an entertainment experience, this movie is severely lacking. I feel like once you dive in and you're like, oh, this kami is for this and like this theme represents this and the, the imagery there is like, you know, calls back to this thing. Like, I think all that depth is there once you dive in. But as a sit down movie experience for an adult and not a stupid child, <laughs> <laughs> it just was so, so sorely lacking from the first minute that she's in the spirit world. I'm like. Where are the answers? Like, give me some answers. Give me some world building. Why is she not asking any questions? She doesn't ask once, what's going on? Who are you? How does this work? None of it. And I'm like, ugh. If I was in this situation, I'd be like, I'm so confused. Why do you have six arms? What? Why can you fly and turn into a dragon? How is this possible? She does take it pretty good in stride. Yeah, and so part of that is, again, probably because, you know, Japanese viewers are just, like, used to the idea of, like, a spirit world and kami and all that stuff, but, like, like even 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 if we were watching a movie based on, you know, Viking mythology or, like, Western mythology, it would be like, okay, but we need to have some sort of explanation for how these things are happening right now. Well, I, I totally agree. I mean, like, there's no you, explanation. You need your Luke Skywalker character to help you explore the weird things in the world. Some and exposition, she's, please. She's that, <laughs> she's that character, but they're not really using her to be like, oh, what are these things? Like, what are these spirits? And having like the explanation. Yeah. That being said, the movie's already pretty long, and I wouldn't want more. I think this is actually a problem with it. I heard somewhere that it was originally three hours. Yeah. They had three hours worth of material, and then had to work very hard to cut things. And I think that is to the movie's detriment. Well, God, it not needed to be an hour longer, but. <laughs> there's a certain consequence where you've seen Haku running around like a little boy or whatever, his, his little haircut, yeah. and then suddenly he's just a dragon. And then she's like, oh, Haku. Like, I yeah, just, she, yeah, she I just, just know him. that that's you. And you're like, what? I guess yeah. I guess we're finding out right now, too. It's the power of love. That's fair. Yeah, and then, and then the, her love for him breaks the spell. We're like, what kind of love are we talking about here? Yeah. There was no romantic love. And if there were, Wait, she's think, 10. No, I think it was a romantic no, love. No, it's not. They don't build that up. They say your boyfriend to her. Yeah, but I think they're the guys just like, oh, that, you want to save your I boyfriend? I guess that's like a compromise word to be it's like. It's creepy, David. Uh, Plus, she's 10. I, I don't think and that's he's what like, they're going for. He's like, he's like 700 years yeah, old or something. Thousands. I don't think it's supposed to be a romantic love. I think it's supposed to be like. Like I think love can cross all plutonic. Love can cross all boundaries, even that between a ten-year-old girl and a seven-thousand-year-old <laughs> river deity. Oh boy! <laughs> and then she's riding him like, uh, whoa! Oh. Like, <laughs> literally through the sky, Jeez. and she has like some kind of flashback of when she was younger, and she was fell like, into a fa- river. Fell into a river, and then she like safely washes up on the shore. Yeah, and then she remembers the name of that river, and she's like, I got it. Kotaku.com. That's your name. No, Kohaku. Yes. What is the name of the river? But yeah. that, that's the dude's 
name so that he's been trapped in this realm forever because he can't remember his real name. Yeah. And she just tells him. It's like, that was like a deus ex machina to me. It's like, K. Yeah, the movie maybe oh, should have really? started. I with thought that makes that sense. Why does that make sense? Like, I don't know. It's a good thing this little girl wandered in here. They had shown kind of flashbacks to that while she was uh, swimming, like walking through the water and stuff. Or when there was one some point where she was near water or whatever, and then she had like a flashback to her like riding on the dragon. And you were like, oh, what's that about? And then you don't really, they don't see it, say anything. And then later, she's riding on the dragon again, and she's like, oh, that's what that flashback was about. I remember your name. So yeah, I don't know. Okay, I think there was enough you. setup for that to be a payoff. Thank you. I totally uh, don't remember that setup. That. Okay, so yeah, I'm satisfied with that. The visuals, though, that was so cool when she was like, "Kohaku is your name," and he's like, "Ooh!" and he's like, <laughs> eyes open wide, and just like <laughs> starts transforming. That was cool. Did you guys? <laughs> did you guys know that there was no script for this movie? It was all. It was just like Mad Max uh, Fury Road, where it was just all done in storyboards. Yeah, and you can tell. Yeah, yeah, that's why it's so damn boring. There's like. It's like Alice in Wonderland. What do you mean there's no script? They, they started script. shooting it or like drawing it before they knew it was going to happen and everything. Yeah, they weren't done the story. They were like, we're going to develop this as we draw it. And you can kind of tell it's a little bit meandering a little bit. Oh, that but makes I think, so much sense. I think that serves the theme of finding your purpose because this movie kind of like is like, <laughs> what is the purpose it. of this movie? <laughs> and then it, it's like she, she's active. She's got things to do, uh, but it's a little bit lost in the same way that she is. This movie is like the Bible. Same There's a lot of good stuff in there, <laughs> but boy. You got to dig for it, <laughs> and it requires some interpretation. You're going to have to work. Yeah. I, it's like Alice in Wonderland. There's a bunch of cool, iconic scenes. There's a ton of meaning and sub, meaning and subtext in the movie, but the scenes, like how they link one to the other, is so befuddling and unclear that I'm not compelled to mm. watch like minute to minute, second to second. I'm not like, what's going to happen next? Because I frankly have no idea what's going to happen next. Yeah. Nothing makes sense in this movie. Honestly, if I didn't have to complete this movie for the podcast, I might have shut it off like oh. halfway. Or not, maybe three quarters. Because I'm just like, I'm just really looking for some sort of, you keep talking about purpose, Dan, uh, Daniel. That's not your name. <laughs> Let's call him that. Devin. <laughs> Danny, Devin, I've had enough of your nonsense today. I'm going to call you Devin. Um, you talk a lot about purpose, David, but I didn't get that from this movie at all. I got like the importance of remembering who you are and stuff. I didn't really get purpose, and I think part of that was because I was like, what was the purpose of this movie? <laughs> and later I understood that I think there's like probably the biggest overt theme that I think is like really... Uh, the biggest theme I think in this movie is the Western influence versus traditional Japanese beliefs and practices and stuff. I think that's probably the biggest thing. You know, he's driving that Audi. They yeah. got lots of good cars in Japan. Yeah. He doesn't need to yeah. have a German car. He's, and then I, somebody else said that he was wearing a Western style polo. I didn't really notice that, but apparently that was Western style. And uh, yeah, he they, they sit down to eat and they just like start taking food that isn't theirs, which is kind of like what the mm, West does. Very colonial. They turn into pigs, which is like greedy capitalism type thing. So there's like a lot of that imagery, but like uh, uh, a metaphor is only strong, in my opinion, but also maybe objectively, <laughs> when it makes sense both as the metaphor and also by itself. Like, you need to have a coherent story that you could watch, even if there was no metaphor involved at all, that would be entertaining and compelling by itself. And then you add on this metaphorical layer. Like, that's the strongest thing for me. So if I was and like... So, 
I think this is weak because there's so much metaphorical stuff in there, but as a as a straight experience, as a straight entertainment movie, it just is like I was bored. It, it, well, it's weird because it's like also very complicated. Yeah, you know, it's not like there's nothing happening. There's a ton happening, oh, but so you're much. just like. Ah, now you have a twin sister who has a curse. <laughs> Looks but exactly it's like, the same. It's a double cross curse. Like you cursed me, but I'll undo that curse and then go to your yeah. house and do the curse that caused the curse. It's just like now I'm going to turn the baby into a rat and the the big bird into a little bird and then turn the three heads into a baby. <laughs> oh, what? I think I, I think it'd be really interesting to kind of compare to a really slick '90s Disney movie. Because, like, they're polar opposites in what they are and how they're presented. Because, like, a, a, a slick 90s Disney movie knows its theme from minute one to the end. There's not a second of no direction. Everything is momentum forward. And mm. we're getting to the end. We're getting to the point. Yep. Everything is with purpose. Whereas this is a much more complicated onion of flower is being, un, like, unfurled. Right, but I think that's, that's maybe that's just what I value most mm. in a movie. Is kind of, like, the attention... Uh, being paid to the structure and like crafting something that will take people on a journey that like don't doesn't stay too long on one thing before you kind of move on to another thing you we have a we have a purpose for this scene and this scene he's going to see this person doing this and realize that he has to do this other thing and then that's going to lead into this other scene where that becomes important what we saw in the last scene because in this scene blah blah, blah and stuff like that the structure of the whole thing and how it guides you along on this quest. Is that there cultural? was no guiding here. Do they have like a just a different hero myth? Than maybe, us? maybe it's cultural when, structure. And that's kind of what I'm wondering is like I, I kind of feel like when I watch anime, I go in with a certain amount of buy-in. I know that there's things that I'm not going to fully get. I know there's things that I'm going to be missing. There's layers of it that I'm not going to fully appreciate it. But I have decided to watch the movie, and I'm like. I'm going to accept that those things that I don't understand are me, not the movie. And so I think that's kind of a different perspective than maybe you guys well, went, went into it. I right? went in with, with that when I watched it in 2015. I was like, you know, people lose their shit over these Japanese movies. I'm finally to just like, I'm finally ready to bring this whole world into my life that I haven't seen before. I'm going to open my mind to this and I'm going to be so much like wealthier for it. Yeah. You know? And then I watched it and I was like, it's just so let down. I was like, I, I guess I just don't get it. Like I feel like I, I felt like a curmudgeon, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, you're like, ah, oh, these dumb old the kids with their Japanese. I anime, wanted to Japan like go on Facebook and be like, wow, guys, Japan's so crazy. We're so stupid over here. Like yeah, everyone, yeah. Needs, it's like seeing a new color or something. Mm. But it wasn't like that. And then I rewatched it for this, and it was like the same thing. I was like, this movie just sucks. I think I I knew sucks going in, it doesn't suck. It doesn't. Suck. It doesn't suck. It, it, I knew going in that this is how kind of how I felt about anime in general. And that's why I haven't watched a ton. Like I watched Princess Mononononoke, and I remember loving that movie because I think because it's like a little more like badass and it's straight to the point. And um, and this one was a bit more meandering. But the other the other anime show that I've watched is uh, Attack on Titan, and I love Attack on Titan because it explains things, or at it, it it at least promises so far that they are going to explain things. There are people who are on a journey to get to the bottom of things. Like, what's going on? Let's find out. There's no finding out in this movie, and I think that a lot of anime has that, where they just kind of like, this guy can walk through walls. Why? He just, he just can. This guy can shoot lasers out of his ears because pff, he's one of those guys. That's really hard to aim. That sucks. <laughs> exactly. What exactly. I'm trying to figure yeah. out for this movie is like, the, the, like the numbers don't lie. The box office doesn't lie, right? In Japan, it was so popular. So given that, you can kind of reverse engineer it to be like, 
what was the experience for the average Japanese adult who saw it? Where they all walked out of the theater and were like, wow, that is crazy. Like they knew they had enough cultural context but then there's enough unknowns and layered meaning that they, it just took them all on like a crazy, surreal ride. And they loved it. I think it must be, and I'm, I'm guessing here, I'm guessing that it's the strong callback to like Shintoism and like traditional Japanese. But, but with a twist. Yeah, yeah, with a twist, yeah, sure. That- but it's like showing these things that they recognize from their childhood and being like, hey, you're trying to, you're trying to be this like slick Western person don't worry about that. Like, come back to what it what it truly means to be Japanese and like our, our traditions and our history. Like, come back to that. And so, like, even adults watching that, kids kids would be like, "Oh, this is fun, fun, crazy characters going on a silly journey." And adults can be like, "Whoa, I'm I have gained purpose once more from well, seeing okay, these so things." So, what about the Westerners watching it? Are they all just dick riding? Is this one of those movies that's just really cool to like? I think this is a movie. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Like, oh. It's badass if you like this movie. It's like when you're 14 and you're like, you like Pulp Fiction. You like, <laughs> yeah. we love I, Pulp Fiction. Fight Club? I, I don't know if this yeah, is Fight Club because I don't, I don't. I feel like I'm seeing more, not like the every man in the West or the every person in the West, like loving this movie just because. Like I feel like it's more people who are into anime or like people who are into film. Watching it and knowing that it has that reputation as like one of the best animated movies of all time, and then watching it and being like, I have to like it. <laughs> yeah, it's like I'm smarter than them, but I, they have to, but they think they have to like it. I think it's more to that. I think if you go to it trying to uh, getting like a, a very linear, straightforward movie, you're kind of missing out on like some of the more like creative art house elements of it. And it's like a creative showpiece. And like, it's no, I told, weird. I told, yeah. And so I, I don't I think agree it, with you, but you're saying I, it's kind of like, yeah, I like rock and roll, and I heard that Neil Peart is the best drummer of all time, so I'm just, even though I don't listen to Rush, I'm just going to say, Neil Peart, best drummer ever. Everybody knows that. There's consensus. Yeah, a I, little bit, but I'm not I'm not trying to say that the movie sucks. I'm just saying that well, Neil, it's Neil too Peart's artsy. A good, a good it's, like, it's like you can you can get to a level of of craft that is so elevated, you like don't do things that have, that have been done before, right? It's like an animated, fun Disney movie, <laughs> but if Walt Disney like went to art school and did a lot of drugs, so then he had an awakening, and then he made this movie. It's like it's it's it is art. I will say it's art, but as a movie, it lacks. And I'm not asking for like a linear, straightforward, boring movie. I'm just asking for some of that structure that makes the plot make a little more sense. I think I'm with you in the sense that it's obviously awesome, but it's in the way that it's awesome. There's no way that it's mainstream. It's not mainstream yeah, awesome. Yeah. It's there's no way that this many people really appreciate it for all that it is. Right. This just can't be possible unless I'm just so dumb. No. <laughs> I, see, I think that uh Spirited Away has become the symbol of the golden era of Studio Ghibli movies. It becomes mm. as it's most successful in the box office and the most award-winning one. It represents kind of the culmination of all of them. And so if you like any Studio Ghibli, you have to like this one. And uh, lots of those movies came out like in the 80s and earlier 90s. And this is 2001. This is closer to the end of that era. So people came in with that context that this is like his magnum opus. They've seen the whole career and it all culminates into this. 
Okay, right. with that context, I could start to understand. And so I, I'd be interested to watch a more straightforward like Ghibli, Ghibli movie with you guys. Mm. Uh, like maybe even like Nausicaa and the Valley of the Winds. That's the first one they did, and that's a much more uh, linear plot forward. Mm. And it's like kind of a more familiar plot structure you you would kind of recognize. But uh, I feel sad for you guys. I think you guys are missing out on on. <laughs> some of this really cool stuff. I feel sad for me too. Yeah. I want to sit down and just be like, wow, this is a this is a masterpiece. This is a movie that I enjoy with my brain more than my heart. This isn't a movie that makes me feel incredibly deeply in the same way that like Coco or uh, Toy Story 2 does where I'm like, oh, it's like pulling in your heartstrings. It's more like my brain is like constantly being pulled in different directions. And I'm like, whoa, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, there are moments, right? There, like... Like when No Face is puking everywhere, and you're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. Ah. Well, as I said, as I said, the imagery is stellar. I have no complaints about the imagery. Like if I'm turning my st- the structural part of my brain off, and I'm just like enjoying it as a feast for the senses, yeah, it's it's fantastic, it's great. But I'm not looking for that in a movie. I'm not looking for. I'm not be, uh, looking to be taken on a virtual drug trip. Have I'm, you seen I'm, Gravity in the theater? I That's think I did. Trip. Yeah, it was pretty. That was yeah, like a it was roller great. coaster ride. It was great. And same thing with um, Tree of Life by is that by Darren Malcolm. Aronofsky? No, no. It's, uh, Ma- Malik. Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick. Yeah, like I loved that movie in the <laughs> Malick. Malick. <laughs> Darth Malick. Um, uh, I loved that movie in the theater. It does. The, similarly, that one doesn't make a ton of sense. But like, I was in this theater. There are these like cosmic parts where it's just like space and like nebula exploding and stuff and you're just like whoa like that was amazing and i and i loved that experience of it but like i feel like if i watch that movie again on my laptop i'd be like (laughs) stop watching movies on your laptop no i watched this on a 27 inch thing ew that's all I got. That's even more, what, like, Why don't you have a TV in, in someone's kitchen? I don't have a TV. Riley, you're not allowed to watch it on that. You have to come to one of our. It's an iMac. It's watch. got pretty good speakers. Oh. We watch it close. Oh. It's close up. It's on oh, the coffee Oh, that reminds table. me. Uh, someone was asking about what of all our our like setups are that we watch movies on and stuff. Mm. And I don't want to talk about that well, right now, I but I do want to say that uh, I think we should have like a Q and A mailbag episode at some point. So everyone should write in and, and tweet in different questions they have for us and all mm. sorts like to uh, Carpool Critics. Twitter. How about this? Since David's going to be gone next week, we could do an episode with Riley and myself and a third person, maybe Brandon, maybe Linus, someone else who's available. Mm. Maybe someone who doesn't even work here. Maybe a girl. <gasps> maybe Miranda. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to ask Linus. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> if you guys have any suggestions of who you want to see on the show, also tweet or email that to us. Please. Are we watching Upward? Onward? Onward. That comes out Friday, but I'd like to be there for that episode. I'm a Pixar uh, fan. All right. All right, well, you guys we'll should do something really dark in between so that we can have like kids movie, dark kids movie. It's a nice sandwich. True. This isn't a kids movie. My kids would be so <laughs> bored. <laughs> no, it is a kids movie. Anyways, we're not getting back into it. All right. Subscribe to us or follow us on Twitter and tell us what we should watch. <laughs> Turn this shit off. <laughs> <laughs>